Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. I want to let our listeners know that uh, no longer do you have to wait on uh, the program to be posted on the urbanforumnw.com website or the program that comes on Saturday. Uh, Hubbard has us on a podcast. So a couple hours after the program, you can hear it 24-7. So I'm talking to a couple of people. Some of, I can't advertise with you. You only one hour a week. We're on 24-7 from now on. And besides, when you have guests like Linda Taylor, Vice President of Urban League Metropolitan Seattle, housing guru in the state, and then uh, Anisha DeBartleman, the President and CEO of the Northwest African American Museum, and is distinguished, the distinguished chair of the board of all of the African American museums in the country. So you tell me who we don't have here. These two sisters are stepping in high cotton, as we would say in Louisiana. So, uh, Lanisha, I was reading uh, uh, this uh, uh, information, and I ran out of printers, and I see where you got a lot of things going on in April. And uh, I had to mention uh, uh, a, a, a Black collective member, Tacoma Pierce County Black collective member, uh, also who is uh, the president of the Tacoma Urban League, State Senator Twina Nobles, is going to be doing some guest reading, and you got a lot of activities going on. So why don't you take a few minutes and share with us exactly uh, what do you have going on? Absolutely, Eddie. It's so good to be here with you and your listening audience. We at the Northwest African American Museum are all about uh, serving our community through Black heritage, arts, and culture. We're all about community healing, and we are all about collective hope. And everything that we do is really focused on those areas of uh, service and engagement with community. We're very excited about what's going on with ma'am this April. April is Jazz and Poetry Month every year. And uh, that lands NAM in an opportune um, position to really uplift Black heritage and Black culture. And that's what we're doing this month. We held a beautiful interactive story time celebrating uh, Billie Holiday with uh, a guest reader from the YMCA that was earlier in April. And then we have a very special edition of our interactive story time. This is a program that's really geared for young children and their families to center and celebrate black literature and cultural literacy. And we are delighted that our state senator, Tawana Nobles, is the guest reader for our interactive story time that will air on this upcoming Saturday, April 23rd at one o'clock on NAM's YouTube station. We're partnering with the Black Heritage Society of Washington State and the Washington State Historical Society. They have this amazing exhibition from the Smithsonian about the Green Book. And there's a children's book called Ruth in the Green Book that uh, State Senator Nobles is reading for the children and their families. You don't want to miss out. You want to tune in to NAM's YouTube channel, 1 o'clock this Saturday, April 23rd, to see our amazing state senator engage with children with this, uh, with this book. What other activities have you guys had this, uh, this past month of April? Yes, that's one of the many activities. The next activity for this month will be on Monday evening, April 25th. We are partnering with Town Hall Seattle to host a conversation with Janelle Monet. She has recently uh, published this amazing new book, and she's going to be in Seattle live and in person discussing the book. 
And this is an opportunity for individuals who are members of NAM, who are paid members of what we call the NAMLE, to be with us in a, uh, in a reception, in a, in a private reception with Janelle Monet, and then to um, be in the audience to hear her talk about this book and her entire um, genre of art and artistic expression. And everybody who registers as a member of NAM will also receive a complimentary copy of her book, a free copy of Janelle Monet's new book. So that's gonna be Monday, April 25th. The event is at 7.30 at Town Hall and individuals can go to NAM's website to register. And then next Thursday, a few days after that on April 28th, NAM is delighted to host the direct descendant of Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington as part of our Descendants series. We have brought um, the descendants of luminaries such as Ida B. Wells, Madam C.J. Walker, Harriet Tubman, W.E.B. Du Bois. Well, the next descendant that will be with NAM will be the descendant of Booker T. Washington and Frederick Douglass. People don't realize that there was a point in the families of these two luminaries where those families came together through marriage. And that created a lineage that has um, produced Kenneth Morris Jr. And he will be our guest on Thursday, April 28th, 6 p.m. This is a virtual program, free and available to all in our regional community to learn about what's not in the books about Frederick Douglass, what's not in the books about Booker T. Washington. Hear about these great luminaries from their own family stories. And so we invite folks to register and tune in to that Descendant Series program. And that's just a highlight of the events happening uh, with NAM this month in April. And uh, now NAM also has got into the music. I guess Jason Turner has put together a, a band or something like that for NAM. Uh, tell us about that. Yes, our African-American cultural ensemble has been on tour this year. They've been uh, performing all over the community, and they will be performing at the end of this month at the um, at a, an event in the south end of Seattle. And so they are always available to come out and, and lift up our heritage through music and through song. They have sung songs in tribute to uh, notable ancestors like Harriet Tubman. They have sung, sung songs um, that celebrate the civil rights movement when Martin Luther King III was here. And so our ACE Choir, which stands for African-American Cultural Ensemble, is a very uh, empowering and uplifting part of what NAM does to inspire hope in our community. Eric, is Congressman Cleaver on? Good to be with you. Okay, I wanna let you know you're on with two distinguished uh, leaders in our city. Uh, Linda Taylor is the Vice President of the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, and Lanisha DeBartleban is a President and CEO of the Northwest African American Museum. And she also is distinguished by being the Chair of the Board of all of the African American Museums in uh, the country. So, sir, we want to start with you. We had a lot of, I guess, a new book just came out. But first of all, there are some people, you haven't been on in a minute, well, would you just take a couple of minutes and share a little bit about your background? Because a lot of people don't know you were on the city council and you were the mayor. Uh, why don't you just take a couple of minutes and share that with our listeners? Okay, I'm a, I'm a native Texan. I'm a Texan. Uh, I, I lived in uh, the most arrogant uh, state in the union. Uh, when I, from from birth until uh, I went off to college uh, playing football and uh, 
went to Murray State uh, football scholarship and was injured and, and has had uh, about, uh, about 13 surgeries since then. And so it may have been a good deal that uh, happened to me. So I eventually went on to seminary, St. Paul School of Theology, got a master's after, after, uh, after uh, uh, Prairie View. Uh, and then uh, uh, as the church grew, uh, 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 I grew up really working in the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Uh, I was the Midwest uh, National Vice President uh, under both uh, Ralph Abernathy and Joe Lowry. Uh, and uh, um, and then you know the civil rights leaders just uh, people started going into politics, which was the next realm. And Walter Fundroy, who ran the SCLC Washington Bureau, became the Washington representative. And uh, Andrew Young, who was the executive director of SCLC, became the mayor of Atlanta, and uh, ultimately the fifth district representative from Georgia. Uh, and Benjamin Hooks. Uh, who was who pastored two churches at one time was on the, the SCLC board, uh, became a member of the Federal Communications uh, Commission, and uh, and also uh, le- uh, led the NAACP nationally. Uh, and uh, the list went on and on and on. John Lewis uh, left the Voter Education Project uh, and uh, ran for. Um, Fifth District Congress uh, ran against Julian Bond actually, and uh, defeated uh, Julian Bond and, and went on to Congress. Uh, and so I, after four years uh, uh, as mayor of Kansas, the first African American, I went on to Congress. Uh, I ran for Congress and and, and I won. And I'm uh, in January will be uh, 18 years uh, in uh, representing the fifth congressional district of one of the most red states on the planet. Uh, the uh, state of Missouri, and uh, currently I, I'm a, I chair the, the housing uh, subcommittee, which oversees uh, insurance, housing, and uh, the United States Housing and Urban Development Department. That's that's about as fast and quick as I can get it, and look forward to, to being uh, uh, of any service I can to you and, and these amazing uh, guests you already have. Well, now we want to talk to you because you're up close and personal with what's happening in Washington, D.C. I guess a new book was just released today, uh, quoting some of the statements that Mark Meadow and, and Mitch McConnell made about Donald Trump. And uh, I also want to have your opinion about, uh, I guess, uh, last week, Congressman Hank Johnson mentioned that he had uh, filed uh, legislation to establish a code of ethics for Supreme Court justices. And he said there were like yeah. 80 uh, uh, co-sponsors of that legislation. So uh, I just wanted to hear your spin on what what do you think is going to happen? And uh, uh, from your perspective, uh, where will things go? Well, first of all, let me just say uh, Nancy Pelosi did one of the made one of the most significant appointments she's made since she uh, uh, rose to the uh, leadership of uh, the Democratic caucus uh, in, in Congress. And that was to, to appoint, to appoint uh, Benny Thompson to chair the January 6th investigatory uh, committee. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the old days, we would have, everybody in the country would have known who Benny Thompson was uh, through Jet Magazine and, and, uh, and then Ebony. Uh, we don't have that kind of national uh, publicity anymore to, to, to get around the entire country. Uh, so uh, probably the overwhelming majority of people don't know that 
Benny Thompson, a Ph.D., by the way, uh, from uh, Mississippi, uh, Bolton, Mississippi, uh, chairs that committee. He also chairs the uh, other most significant committee in Congress, Homeland Security. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a member of that uh, committee and, and proud uh, to, to be under the leadership of, of uh, Benny Thompson. And uh, I, I will say, you, you know, from time to time, there are reports in the newspaper, particularly the New York Times, the Washington Post, and to a lesser degree, the Wall Street Journal, about what's going on in that committee. I can tell you that whatever you think you know uh, from the investigation being uh, held by, um, uh, you know, the, the committee, the, the uh, January 6th committee, uh, there is uh, information that uh, members of Congress don't have, and so the, the public doesn't have. And by that I mean, that, you know, these uh, when you're on the Homeland Security Committee or on these special committees like the one that we are talking about, um, you are in a position of having uh, to go in the in the skiff uh, and get uh, briefed on all kinds of things. I can say without fear of. Um, of, of, of uh, contradiction that um, uh, the committee has significantly, significantly more information uh, than the public uh, understands at this point. Um, and so uh, uh, I think that, um, that, that Benny Thompson uh, should be, uh, you know, one of the uh, most uh, since the most uh, uh, widely recognized and celebrated uh, uh, individuals in the country right now. He's he is about as tough as nails, uh, and uh, he is uh, brilliant and soft-spoken, which which people can can of course uh, misread. And, uh, in fact, when I was looking for uh, a general counsel and an executive director uh, for the Congressional Black Caucus after I became chair, uh, I went to him and said, do you know anybody? And he recommended, uh, what's, this, what's her name, Angela Rye, I think is the name. And he recommended her to me, and I, and I in fact, uh, did uh, bring her on and, and have never looked back. Um, he he is uh, uh, you know somebody who's who, who doesn't run for the cameras. Uh, he does his 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 work uh, and does it quite well. Uh, and you know we you know they 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 can't prosecute. Of course they can. They're going to write a report. And uh, in in some instances, I would imagine they are going to submit what they cons- if they consider. Uh, criminal uh, activity uh, took place. They'll they will make a referral to the Department of Justice, uh, and then uh, the FBI, which is already investigating the the the, the January sixth event, uh, will have more information uh, uh, to to uh, work with. Um, and so I I am convinced that that you know right now we are in a very delicate spot as it relates to. Uh, our democracy, and I'm not sure that the country understands just how uh, precarious things are. Uh, we are struggling right now to maintain uh, the United States as a democracy, and I'm sure that there are people who are listening who 
who assume that I'm exaggerating the, the state of affairs, then if anything, I'm understating it. Because I think uh, if, if we had had just five or six people, different people, in position in, in January of uh, uh, the last year, um, Donald Trump would still be president, and we would we would have uh, clearly uh, damaged, if not destroyed, uh, the uh, the democracy that I think most Americans uh, celebrate and and, uh, and want to see preserved. Congressman, I wonder, what is your time like uh, this afternoon? Uh, well, I, I've got just a little more time, so whatever. Uh, okay. Well, I just wanted to briefly, uh, you mentioned that you were on this housing committee. Linda Taylor, the vice president of the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, is the housing guru in the state. What can she do to access information about helping our community through your office? So, Linda, why don't you take a minute? Why don't you take one minute and just let him know what you're doing? Well, my name is Linda Taylor, as uh, Mr. Rye said. We are working right now on the HALF program. And that's a program where we're going to help homeowners pay their mortgages. Uh, our state has done a couple of things. First, they gave it to, um, to a different department. Now another state department has it. And our plan is just in for hearing now. So they say any day now, we do have some emergency funds, but they're only taking care of people facing foreclosure at this moment. So we're taking names, we're getting things in order, um, we're just preparing. What we need help with is getting the word out to our community uh, so they won't lose their homes. And so we're doing everything we know to do to get the word out to our community. Do you have any additional suggestions? Well, uh, you know, we, we are right now uh, putting a great deal of our energy uh, into uh, trying to get some version, some version of the Build Back Better plan. Because in that plan, we, we, we have uh, the most significant dollars in the history of this republic set aside for affordable housing. Um, and, you know, I think, um, uh, the, the exposure of that, uh, uh, plan, if we are able to get it approved, uh, get Build Back Better approved, uh, the exposure of it would, would, uh, would certainly be critically important for its, its success. And we don't necessarily get involved in the local communities, uh, uh efforts to, to promote any of those programs. Some of, most, all of, uh, all of them, frankly, would would go through uh, Congress, would go through our committee and, and uh, 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 the, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which is headed by uh, Marsha Fudge um, and former mayor of, um, uh, of a small city outside of Cleveland. It, it, is, it, it would be understandable in a proposal or uh, in an application for, for dollars uh, to put some money aside uh, for... Um, you know, public relations, or maybe more accurately, uh, put money uh, aside uh, for uh, publicizing uh, that the program is available. Uh, you, you one would think one would think that w with this new world, this new uh, technologically advanced system of getting information out, that that people would would just be awash in in uh, in 
uh, information. Uh, but you know, in, in, in days gone by, uh, we grew up, I grew up, I had, we had three choices, ABC, NBC, CBS. And the, the chances that either of those networks would report, would, would report on, on, on anything that the other two did not have, it was remote. So people were getting the same news and, and same information. Today, you know, they, they listen to, uh, you know, they, they go to the, the, uh, the com- computer and, and, and a lot of instances they listen to lies on, on, uh, professionally designed programs and, uh, newspapers. I don't know about the Seattle newspapers, but newspapers all around the country, except for New York Times, Washington Post, uh, Wall Street Journal, Journal, and a few others like the LA Times are in trouble. Uh, the Kansas City Star or one of the, the William Rock Hill Nelson's, uh, Great newspapers goes all the way back to 1900s. Uh, you know, it's down to um, you know about four pages, maybe five pages, for, uh, per publication. They've had to move out of their headquarters into a little dinky office building, and 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 then suffer from the embarrassment that the Kansas City Star newspaper, one of the most celebrated newspapers in the country back in the from the 1925s and into the 1970s. Uh, sold the the building and that the the uh, the, the newspaper is being published out of Iowa, out of Des Moines, Iowa, mm-hmm. for the Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Star. So you you, you I, I wish I had a, a magical uh, solution for for that, but it's a, it's something that we all are doing. You have to I think we have to go to all kinds of avenues uh, to get that information out. But 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 the good news. Is that I think uh, that we recognize that enough to allow for um, uh, programs to, to to spend dollars generating the awareness of that program. It does it does Congress no good at all, just no good at all to pass uh, laws or create opportunities that are not uh, received because then the people who are almost always dramatically opposed to what we do. Will use the failure of of, of uh, spending those dollars uh, to uh, justify their votes against it at the next opportunity. So uh, yes, we, we we give we get the dollars into the local communities, and the local communities have to get it out. And I don't think we have any any uh, any magic uh, on how to how to do it. If, if, you know, every community has uh, has uh, its way of getting information out of. And I just think we've got to figure out how to salvage uh, black newspapers uh, and and um, newspapers in general. I think newspapers are are essential for democracy. So, uh, you know, I apologize that we don't we we uh, we haven't put it put together any kind of uh, you know package for uh, getting getting this out. Congressman, thank you very much. Uh, Hopefully, Linda, you got somebody you can call in D.C. now to get some help. Yes, I do. Okay, so I want both of you guys to hang on. Congressman Cleaver, I want to really thank you for taking the time today. We really appreciate you. When we come back in December, when we come back in late July, the Urban League, I'd like to visit. Please come by my office. Uh, Please, I'm I'm serious. Please uh, come by. Uh, Mark Marial and I have been great friends. We were mayors at the same time when he was Mayor of uh, of New Orleans, oh, uh, wonderful. Mayor of Kansas City, 
and I was the chair, I was the president, uh, we didn't call it chair, I was the president of the National Conference of Black Mayors, 370 of us uh, back in the day. We, we both said we, we uh, were mayors in the Cro-Magna era. Uh, but we were we were mayors uh, back in the uh, in the 90s, um, and there were about eight of us from large cities. Uh, and so uh, I, I, I celebrate his, um, his his work at the Urban League. You have a great leader. Right, he's been wonderful. He's been wonderful. Well, we'll be there July 20th, I believe. Is our looking conference. forward to seeing you. Okay, Congress, I just want to say that we talked about, about Benny Thompson. People got to remember that Benny Thompson was the leaders of SNCC in Mississippi yeah. and had the most dangerous job going, registering voters in the Mississippi Delta. The sheriff and the Klan was looking for him at the same time. So thank you very same much. All, All right. right. With you. Okay, we're going to take a break and come back with uh, Lanisha and Linda after this break. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Okay, uh, Eddie Ryan back with Eric Rock and the Tunes. I'm back with Lanisha de Bartleben, President and CEO of the Northwest African American Museum. Uh, Ms. Linda Taylor, housing guru for Washington State and vice president of the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. So we're going to go back to Lanisha before we go into in-depth programs that the Urban League, the offerings they have to get lift people up. Uh, so Lanisha, what other items do you have coming up? Uh, if we, have, we mentioned uh, the uh, 
what was happening in, in April. Uh, is there anything really big happening? I want to really commend you and uh, uh, NAM's staff for bringing Martin Luther King III up here November 6th, 7th, and 8th. I think that was a fantastic event. And thank you for the opportunity to allow me to do the interview with him. So go right ahead. Absolutely, Eddie. Thank you. And thank you for having Congressman Cleaver on. He and all of the members of the Congressional Black Caucus are leading and standing on the shoulders of those civil rights activists who came before them. And we just salute and applaud them for their leadership and their courage and their boldness during these days. The Northwest African American Museum is absolutely thrilled to invite our community to all of the upcoming programs happening at NAM. We already talked about all of the amazing things going on in April. Well, May, we have a full calendar coming up. May is Malcolm X Day. Malcolm X was born on May 19, 1925. And so every year NAM has a, a Malcolm X Day, very similar to the King Day. You know and what we're we gonna invite- do? We're going to have that program the very first Thursday uh, in May. So, uh, but, uh, you know, you always have that. You, this venue is open to uh, anything NAM is doing. And uh, I want to get Linda a chance to talk about some of the Urban League programs. So, Nisha, thank you all for sitting in for me when I needed help. You're yeah. always there. So, I really do appreciate you. So, I do want to go to Linda. If you want to stand on to hear what the Urban League is doing, that would be fantastic too. So, thank you, you guys can do some things together. So, Linda Taylor. Why don't you go ahead and share with our listeners what uh, the Urban League is doing with housing? We heard a little bit about your conversation with the Congressman Cleaver. So oh, I know. Help, what kind of help can people get right now? First of all, that was amazing to be able to talk to him. Oh, that was, oh, yes, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Urban League is doing all kinds of things. We're still standing uh, through it all. And we are supporting our African-American newspapers and radio stations. We, we try to do that an awful lot. So what the Urban League does is all Urban Leagues across the country do about the same thing. We help people become self-sufficient. We just all do it a bit differently in different ways. We have an advocacy department, education, entrepreneurial, health, housing, workforce. And like I say, we do it all differently. We have a new resource center on Rainier Avenue, 901 Rainier Avenue South. It uh, houses our career bridge classes, our homeless resources, and our construction and trade um, outreach workers. So you can come in there and get services on the spot, sign up. And we'll probably just sign up for our foreclosure prevention classes there because there is a program out called HAFT, Homeowner Assistance Fund. It's where uh, they have given money to all the states and they gave the money to our Department of Commerce first. Well, Department of Commerce gave it to the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. And I'm on that uh, panel where we're writing the plan. And I think we're in the last stages of getting our plan approved. So far, tentatively, you can get up to 60,000 to help catch up back payments. Of course, any dollars that you get will uh, depend on you being able to make the payments going forward. We'll put you in for a loan modification at the same time. 
uh, will help pay your, um, uh, 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 oh gosh, all kinds of fees and fines that you may have pertaining to uh, your house being foreclosed on. Of course, it all has to be COVID related. Those are the only rules that are set in stone right now. Of course, they are writing additional rules as we speak consistently. So that's what we're doing. And our health department, of course, is uh, helping with COVID response, uh, Healthy Black Minds, Clean Water Project. And this Friday is Black Earth Day. So they're doing some things down on about 8th and Yesler. I am still not a thousand percent sure what it is. Okay. But, uh, Linda, can you give people your contact information? Oh, Alicia, we'd like to get yours as well. Okay. We can be reached uh, at the Urban League at 206-461-3792. Okay. Lanisha, what about your... You can find the Northwest African American Museum online. Our website is www.naamnw.org. And they can also follow us and, and like us on social media. Okay. So uh, now, now, Linda, uh, uh-huh. the housing, that takes place at 105 14th Avenue. Is that, is well, that in the resource center? Most of our housing people are at home and uh, still okay. working from home right. because right. we're running out of space, frankly. Yeah. We're, we're, we're out of space. We're up to about 80 employees now. Uh, someone, uh, our HR people just brought by a new outreach person because we're real, we're heavily involved in the homeless outreach projects, really trying to help Bruce shore this up. Um, it, uh, the street homelessness, pro- homelessness is serious in our city. It, it really is. We have a program where we support people sleeping in their cars when they sign up with our program. The majority of those people have gotten Section 8 vouchers and been able to get into uh, a facility. Uh, this new RHA has given us some home, some uh, Section 8 vouchers, and that really helped. We're out of them right now, but uh, we're hoping they'll give us more. And of course, we have our Urban League Village at NAM, our thirty or thirty six units, uh, and it's cleaning up and filling up is what I'd like to say about it. Uh, I know someone just went in the other day, and we just have various partnerships to help nonprofits and individuals work on their credit. Okay. Because Linda, just one second, Eric has uh, Miss Yolanda Brooks joined us. Okay, go right ahead, Linda. Because credit is golden. Credit is, is a real big deal. Home ownership opportunities are still out there. And uh, we're, we're really attempting to get people into home ownership. Okay. And one of the things I want to do, Linda, is that mm-hmm. as things happen, I want to be able to make sure we just get back out of the airways. Uh, my guest, Ms. Brooks from uh, the Washington State Department of Transportation is on now. You oh, guys are welcome to stay on because she's talking about a community workforce agreement and priority hire uh, listening session that was going to be April next uh, Thursday, but it's going to be in mid-May. So that might be of some value to hear from Ms. Brooks. So uh, we, we're, we participate in priority hire programs. Our, okay. our uh, career bridge does. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I want to, uh, Ms. Brooks, I want you to meet Ms. Linda Taylor, VP of the Seattle Urban League. We have met her. Lanisha DeBartlebin, President and CEO of the Northwest African American Museum. 
So we have some bad sisters in Kane County too. All right. Because <laughs> okay. y'all are Pierce County. Okay. But I'm a member of the Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective and the Tacoma NAACP as well. So Ms. Brooks, why don't you share with us, first of all, what is a uh, community workforce agreement and why would it have to be something that you have to have a listening session? Well, what a community workforce agreement is, is an agreement between an owner which would be like WashDOT, Washington State Department of Transportation and Labor that promotes the hiring of local workers living in economically distressed areas and women and people of color. So that's what a community workforce agreement is. And why we're having a listening session is because during this last session, the supplemental transportation budget signed by the governor included a community workforce agreement codicil where we need to, to hire a consultant to help us with the process of putting together community workforce agreement. So what Washington State Department of Transportation wants to do is listen to the community. We wanna to listen to the contractors, the subcontractors, the minority and the women owned businesses and see what, how they feel about CWAs, the pros and the cons, and what they would like to see in a CWA. Because watch that at this point, we have no preconceived notions of what it's going to look like. We want to listen to the community. Okay, now uh, we, we got two other players. We got the unions and we also got the, the, the big boss, the, the primarily white males that own the large construction companies. And for 23 years, they've been saying they don't have to do business with blacks because they're no affirmative action. And I think uh, most people's numbers, not just watch dots, but if you go to any public entity, you'll see where African descendants of the United States enslaved, the Black folks have been there 400 years, has really started all these programs before anybody else was included, are doing as, as poor as anybody. So what can be done because you have, and, and federal money with DOT, you can choose a white woman or a person of color. Now we know for a fact that the people that kick the door in are gonna be the least likely to be, be chosen. So uh, I was just trying to figure out how can we ensure, you know, and we, we know already that there's been a, a DOJ complaint filed, not just against DOT, but several entities for the lack of utilization for African descent of the United States enslaved. So is there gonna be ever be a guarantee that black folks will be selected by these large white companies? There's never a guarantee in anything in life. But what we're trying to do is make- Especially if you're black. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, what we're trying to do is make things as equitable as possible. And that's why we're having this listening session. We don't want, we've had, we've had meetings with several contractors already, subcontractors, minority contractors already. And, it's in small meetings. We want the legislators, we want the governor's office, we want the other prime contractors, we want the community, we want other, other organizations to hear what the concerns are of the minority subcontractors and the women-owned subcontracting businesses. We want them to be able to hear it for themselves. We do not, just like I said, we do not have any preconceived notions of what is going to be put in the CWA that we're putting together. We want to hear what the community wants in this and see what we can do that will 
best assist the minority contractors and the women-owned contracting businesses in the CWAs that we will be putting into place? Uh, a lot of the folks that I'm talking with are, are trying to figure out if there is a way where the contracts would be broken down so that especially black folks, other people have to speak for themselves, don't have to run through this perpetual discrimination by large white contractors. Is there any way that the contracts like, for example, trucking, there's no reason for trucking to be under a prime contractor, you know, and there are a number of blacks that have trucks that could, but you know, if they're under somebody's foot, they're going to end up getting done in. I mean, we've seen it over and over again. And that's why our numbers are so small because, you know, the first thing, there's no affirmative action, which right away, a lot of people say, oh, we don't have to deal with black folks any longer. But, you know, you look at some agencies like Sound Transit where Asians and white women are waved out of the program, but blacks aren't even doing 1%. So I'm just saying, you know, it's good to hear all this stuff, but I'm just saying, at what point in time will there be some guarantees that black folks will participate? And just like I said, there's no guarantee of anything, but what Watchdot has done within the last several months, we have put out an RFP on for a trucking consortium where all of these small trucking companies, including the minorities and the blacks and so forth, can be part of it. And we'll have one person that will facilitate the program for the trucking consortium. I like and that. So we have- That means they'll get some business. I like that. Yes. That's we got to be creative because, you know, we've been going through this thing for 50 years. I've been out here involved with this stuff. And it's the same thing every time. And in the 80s, it was a bunch of front companies. Okay. Hundreds of millions of dollars went through some folks' books that didn't create three jobs. The FBI knew about it. Everybody knew about it. They didn't care because it was Black people. And that's what the deal is. Uh, there was one person that was one of the founders of the National Association of Minority Contractors, had a meeting with the FBI about some... Uh, some serious fraud that was being perpetrated by two large white firms. When the agent got there, he wanted to know, do you know of any minorities fronting? So, I mean, you got that mentality right now where, you know, it's, it's so I'm just happy to hear that something is, a, a, an attempt is being made uh, yes. to include us because I'll tell you right now, 23 years of no affirmative action uh, and intergenerational uh, businesses not being passed down to family members. Like the, the my next guess is, is uh, Larry Sampson, whose father was Hershey Sampson, a painting contractor, one of the founders of the Central Contracts Association, and they got more jobs with their guns than we could do with the law. So, I'm, so I'm just saying. And as a matter of fact, Mr. Larry Sampson says, uh, "I'm dealing with the private sector because I don't want to be abused by these other folks." And that happens all the time. And when you don't have people. Does DOT, do they have people going around doing uh, reviews on the contracts to see who's there, to find out if people are being paid timely? Do they have that process still? Yes, we have our DBE team. We have a new manager. Her name is Nina Jones. And because Melody is retiring and John Huff just retired. And, Melody, and Nina has years and years and years of experience. She is an African-American female. Mm -hmm. She lives down in the, she's from the, used to be with the Portland ODOT. Okay. But then she came and started working for us for the IBR program. And now she's our DBE manager. Okay. So yes, we do have people doing oversight in regards to the projects. And okay. we still have the B2D program, which is monitoring the payments made to our contractors. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Now, the other thing is that uh, 
we want to have you back on to give us a date. Uh, as you said, mid-May, there's not a specific date set for this listening session? Not as of yet, no. Now, will that be a virtual uh, event? Yes, it will be. Okay, good. Okay, well, give me the information. I will do that announcement. As a matter of fact, we have uh, uh, Larry Sampson, the owner of uh, Sampson's uh, Painting Company, LLC. He's on the line right now with us. How you doing, Larry? You might know... Uh, uh, two of my guests. I know you know Miss Linda Taylor. Okay, yeah. So anyway, um, uh, th th this lady, Miss Yolanda Brooks, he is a the, uh, the community engagement uh, officer with uh, no engagement special. I don't want to make an officer. <laughs> I want to make it after the police. But she's a community engagement specialist with 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 Washtenaw. But Larry, why don't you just take a minute or two and just tell folks about your company? Uh, we had a couple of people that might need some painting because I know that. Uh, Linda Taylor with the Urban League, they got the Urban Village over there, and that 28 units or whatever it is on 24 yeah. Massachusetts might need some paint. He got yeah. that. Well, I don't okay. Just okay, my name is Larry Sampson. Okay, Sampson Painting. Uh, I've been in the Puget Sound region since uh, 1976. I came in under the tutelage of my dad and gentlemen like yourself and L.B. Curry and a bunch of old school guys. Uh, and ever since then, I've been painting. Uh, my dad did primarily commercial work. I uh, modeled my business after more residential and smaller scale, uh, just because it affords me the flexibility that I like to have in my life. Um, so now I do a lot of residential, commercial, property management, tenant improvement projects, to more hands-on. I'm, I'm still a painter myself. So that's kind of where we are. And actually, I do do some work for the Urban League at this present time. Uh, I just did their new office over there on Rainier. And I'm doing uh, some, some work at one of their uh, residential facilities. So that's, that's my uh, little background on me. As I said, I've been in this area uh, painting since 1976. And uh, I, I still... I'm here going strong. Okay. We give everybody your contact information so they can hire you right now on the spot. <laughs> well, okay. Larry Sampson, sampsonpaintingcompany.com, 206-930-8032. Um, and you can feel free to email me at larry at sampsonpaintingcompany.com. Now, did you just get back from Augusta? I understand you a caddy during uh, the Masters. Well, not during the Masters. I do that uh, part of the year, kind of back and forth. Uh, I am a professional caddy. I've been doing that for about 11 years as well. Kind of different hat I wear just to kind of diversify some things that kind of keep me at peace in my life. So I love being on the golf course and I love painting. So those are my two joys. So I still do that. Okay. Mrs. Brooks want to know if you do uh, just residential or do you do you do commercial? I so do do commercial. If I DOT do. had a big contract, you'd be interested in well, I, it wouldn't cost anything to look. And the, <laughs> the the issue with that is a lot is manpower. Uh, so it's easy to, to take on that work. But having uh, the, the crews to staff projects that are uh, highly involving is a little challenging. I, I have done work recently in the last few years for DOT, King County, uh, wastewater treatment metro. I still do some public works, city of Seattle. I still am listed in their database. Um, 
on the SES, you know, for their small, their small contractors uh, services. So I am on the vendors list for all of, of the public uh, entities, but I don't do a lot of that anymore uh, just because it's easier for me to kind of transition to things in the private se sector. It's a lot less seamless. So in other words, if you want to go caddy somewhere or take a month off, like you're going to be going to California or Paris or somewhere, you can go ahead and do that without missing <laughs> a okay. I can do that. It does allow me. I like that flexibility now uh, in my life, Mr. Rye. It helps, but, you know, I, I don't mind working either. So okay. it's it's a case-by-case -case situation. I don't, I don't uh, turn too much down. I will take a look. No, that's always a good thing to do. Eddie, something yes. he didn't tell you was while he was painting our 901, we have a career bridge program. <clears throat> I believe he hired two people out of the program to help paint, and now they are painters. And they had some skills, but no one just brought those skills out. So we're real proud of that. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, so uh, Ms. Taylor is 100% correct. That's, for me... That's a, a real powerful thing to be able to give back. Uh, I'm always looking to teach and mentor uh, younger, older, anybody that wants to work. I'm definitely uh, in for up for that. That is a passion for me to share this trade that I have and then share my life experiences with them also. So I definitely thank Ms. Taylor for, for bringing that up. And I am uh, connected with the urban league their career outreach program their job readiness training um and some of the facilities that i am doing some work at right now i have spoken with a couple of young men about doing some work so i'm always talking to some of their case managers and project managers about doing some things to connect it with others so thanks let me ask, you, let me ask you, eric do we need another break okay well look here i want to have to thank linda taylor vp of the urban league of metropolitan seattle Ms. Yolanda brooks the Community Engagement Specialist, Washington State Department of Transportation, Lanisha DeBartleban, who just left, who's the President and CEO of the Northwest African American Museum, and the busiest man in town, Mr. Larry Sampson, Sampson Painting Company, LLC. Thank you all today, and you're always welcome to come back when you have something to say and something to share. Very good story to hear about Sampson reaching back, grabbing somebody out the Urban Legs program to get them on their way. So that's what we need in our community. So thank all of you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Eric, we're going to take this break and check out after this. You've got the power, but you just don't understand. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. 
Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, uh, Eddie Ryback closing out Urban Forum Northwest. I want to give a shout out of condolence to the, the Gaten family uh, with the death of uh, Sylvia Gaten Wesley, uh, who is uh, the brother of uh, Gary Carver and uh, Leonard and, uh, and Elaine, as a sort of sister. Uh, I will give more information on that next week, but her funeral service will be on, on the 6th. Also on the front page of the medium today, the Urban League released a State of Black America report with troubling findings. That's what we just finished talking about, trouble in our community with the lack of opportunities, which is good to hear that some people are receiving those opportunities. But I want to thank uh, uh, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, Liz Alzier. And last week, I told you I messed up Mark's name, Mark Nakagawara. Okay, that's as close as I can get. Also, I want to thank... Uh, Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, uh, Mian Rice, Josie Regan, Lawrence Coleman, uh, Sound Transit uh, Office of Civil Rights Office uh, of Equity and Inclusion with uh, John Tay Robinson. And I also want to thank my friends and accounts payable down there as well. So uh, I want to let you also let you know that uh, I guess two hours after this program, uh, you will be able to get it on podcasts 24-7 for the rest of the week. Uh, our program also repeats on uh, Saturday from 7 to 8, and programs are archived one year on my website, which is urbanforumnw.com. I will have more information uh, next week on uh, my brother's memorial service, uh, Jerry W. Rye. Uh, he will be memorialized at the whole Great Street Church of Christ on May 7th, Saturday, May 7th at 11 o'clock. And we really do appreciate uh, Senior Pastor Minister Jimmy Hurd and the Holgate Congregation for uh, allowing us that opportunity. Uh, we're still encouraging people to wear masks. I don't know if you've been vaccinated or not, but I'm just encouraging people to do the right thing. As a matter of fact, a, a young relative uh, didn't wear a mask and got COVID once again. But then again, uh, if you got your shots, I think that's the best thing. But right now, I will be taking counterattack to make sure that my immune system is where it should be to ensure that uh, I have the best opportunity for staying healthy. Because when you get to be an OG, you got to be real, real careful. So I want to thank you very much for listening to this edition of Urban Forum Northwest. Go to the podcast and hear it again. Thank you, Eric, and have a good weekend.